So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Hey everybody, Jerry here with another exclusive offer for our loyal Kafaru Cast listeners. Our friends over at All In Company are giving listeners 10% off their all-new magnetic digiscoping system. And did I mention free shipping? That's right, 10% off plus free shipping. So head on over to allin.co, that's O-L-L-I-N.co, and enter in the promo code Kafaru, all caps, to save yourself 10% and get free shipping. Now here's Aaron with the podcast. Welcome to KafaruCast, everyone. I am still at the Snyder World Headquarters, which is my house and my office. And I have a couple a couple guys on. Uh, one I just met, one I've known for a really long time. I don't want anybody to have a panic attack because one of the individuals I have on the podcast is going to generate a few questions. But he and I have always been friends, and he's a super good dude, uh, which is Casey Harbertson. Uh, Casey, what's going on? How much, dude? How's the BFE? Good. Very good. Um, <laughs> so good. I wish I would have moved to BFE quite some time ago, <laughs> except uh, kind of going through the midlife crisis of not buying cars and finding like hot women and stuff. I'm going through the midlife crisis of sitting on my front porch in a porch swing, shooting my bow. That is, so that's the midlife crisis I'm having. I don't leave my house. Dude, there's nothing wrong with that. You should have hit that in your 20s. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. That's good advice, actually. Uh, uh, and then Nate and Nate, I don't, I don't know your last name, Nate. Yeah, Goodworth. Goodworth. Uh, remember that movie, The Rock, Good Speed, like you and Nicolas Cage. You're Goodworth, oh, yeah. Good Speed. Yeah. So, uh, it kind of an interesting story. Why uh, these two gentlemen are on the podcast? I saw a video yesterday on Instagram, and I was like, "Huh, that's cool." And, uh, you know, it's a product these two gentlemen are going to talk about. Um, and then about 30 minutes later, as I'm driving down the road, probably speeding, uh, longtime friend, Isaac Ailman sends me a video and I'm, it's the same video I was just watching. And then, uh, he says, oh yeah, Casey's working with these guys. And I'm like, well, tell him to send me over some info because I have had some serious issues with this type of product in the industry for since the beginning of time, like since I've been in the outdoors. So what it is, is basically, as I see it, the answer to anyone's issues when it comes to uh, like phone scoping. And uh, it, 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 to me, fr- from the initial video, um, I was excited. And, and, and as Casey can attest to this, I don't get excited about Mets gear anymore. Generally, um, my bull- my balloon is deflated, not inflated. Uh, when I see a product and get it, I'm like, huh. Yeah, that's not what I thought it would be. Dang it. Where I saw this and I was like, holy cow. And the more I dug into it and everything else, it, it just got better. So, Nate, it sounds like you put all the, the footwork into designing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I'll quick, quick intro about me. Um, thanks for having me on here, Aaron. Um, yeah, I'm Nathan Goodworth, founder of All In. Uh, we just launched a, a new company in the outdoor space just not even two days ago with with Casey here and, and uh, several other incredible partners, uh, husband to my beautiful wife, Katie, we've got three kiddos and one more coming in just a few weeks. So two startups on the way between all in and the new baby and love the outdoors and look forward to bringing innovative products and solutions 
the industry that we love. And yeah, we just launched a, a revolutionary digiscoping adapter that solves a lot of the digiscoping issues and problems that we had and that several others had. So we're excited about it. So, you know, looking at this, um, in, in, uh, as most people know, I, uh, um, have not spoke very highly of mer- very, uh, of many different, um, products in this field. I've always had a, a few issues with them, not to say they're bad. They're just, you know, for me, sim- simplicity when it comes to this and, and I'm a photographer, uh, you know, so I got a big 600 millimeter camera lens and, you know, when I'm, when I'm on the ground hunting, I'm not, I'm not, you know, worried as much about photography. And so I, I redneck it, right. I hold the camera way back and I'm sure if, you know, somebody was, you know, wanting to make fun of me on Instagram and watched me do this, you know, cause now with the iPhone 13, it has got three camera lenses, I think. So I go up to the first one and then it pulls a fast one on me and shifts to the other one. And then I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm trying to, now I'm trying to center the other one and generally get not very good photos, but I get enough to, 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 you know, what I needed to, you know, at that time for that animal or whatever, um, with your system, um, it literally, literally solves all those problems. I mean, it's ready to roll. It just snaps right on and, and, and centers up everything without any major, you know, modifications or moving around, but talk about that. Like, I know why you did it. Cause there was a, a, a missing part in the industry for this product, but, how long did it take? Like, what all does it fit on? Which direction are you going with this? How much are you going to expand to, you know, all other optics and in all of that? Yeah, no, happy to Aaron. Um, and that story that you just shared, I think anybody that's ever, whether it's a hunter, any wildlife enthusiast, bird watcher, you know, anybody that's tried to capture those pictures and videos with, especially those digiscoping products with their phones, we've all, we all have those stories. Right. Um, my, my biggest frustration started on a very similar story back in 2020. I drew on a once in a lifetime acorn sheep hunt in Idaho and was trying to document as much as I possibly could and blast up one of the biggest rams we had seen. And I had a different digiscoping adapter at the time. And by the time I was fumbling to try to get it set up on my spotting scope, the, the ram walked behind the trees out of sight and I missed that. And that's kind of what started this, this idea or this concept, this new all in system that, that, that we developed and and it's a magnetic system, um, that allows anybody who's digiscoping to literally the second you find that animal or whatever, whatever it is you're capturing, you can connect your phone within literally a second, um, and have a perfect center fit and start pick, start taking pictures or videos like, like right away. Um, like I said, we went to market literally not even 48 hours ago. We launched with, uh, a few of, the, the some of the really popular spotting scopes on the market, the Vortex Razor HD, the Sarwaski ATX, the Sarwaski ATS, and then the Maven S1A. And part of the reason we want to launch with those is we knew they were popular optics, but we also just wanted to start to get it out in the market and see what else people are using and what else do we need to get, get fired up and going. And we've got all our processes in place from manufacturing to fulfillment, um, to bring other optics, uh, to the industry. And, and yeah, we're just excited to go. So when, when, how does this system work exactly in compare when you compare it to, you know, other, other systems? So when, when I say that, meaning I have, uh, 
well, in case you were around for some of these, I have had a lot of these systems sent to me. And, you know, by default, you have to take the case or battery pack that's off that's on your phone. You put your case on um, and it, it is as simple as it snaps to a magnet on the eyepiece. Now, you know, w- with that, some of the things that I've had and, and I posted something on my story yesterday. So I, I got more questions than I really wanted to deal with yesterday about this. And, you know, so to me, and and I'm going to just scenarios, one of the things I found, you know, doing as as many podcasts as I have is, is very simple scenarios for people to understand. Uh, Number one, the case that you have is not, um, you're not going to put it in your pocket and it's going to make like you, like, like you have a cancerous tumor or potentially sporting a Woody. It's fairly low profile. <laughs> it's not. You, it doesn't look like you have two cans of chew in, in each pocket, for sure. So, and that was one of the issues I had with some of these other ones. One of the ones that actually worked relatively well was bigger than this giant battery pack phone case that I have on my phone. And, you know, for me, like I'm jamming it in my cargo pocket, my front pocket, you know, and, and I wanted it, I wanted uh, it streamlined. And again, I just went with rednecking it. How, I mean, uh, you know, I have pictures and, and obviously, um, uh, you know, uh, know about this product, but it's almost as small as the standard, you know, uh, phone. I mean, there's, it's not much, how much profile does it add to, to a standard iPhone? Yeah, that was one of the, one of the first things we wanted to solve is, is make it just more thin and more streamlined. So it was easier to pull in and out of your pocket. And when you were pulling it out of your pocket, you didn't have to twist any of the components or parts to it. It was just already centered around the camera that you have on your phone and ready to go. No clicking, no twisting, none of that stuff that, that a lot of other digitoscoping adapters make you do. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty low profile. So it's the, the attachment piece is maybe an eighth of an inch. Aaron, so you've got your typical phone case, which is a super low-profile case, but strong enough to protect your phone. And then the actual piece that sits on top of that phone case is about an eighth of an inch thick and then about an inch and a half in diameter. So it's not not bulky at all. And when you slide it in and out, one of the smart things that Nate did is instead of doing like a sharp edge, he did a rounded edge on it as well. So it just kind of rolls in, rolls out. So you could literally leave this on your phone, which I know with other digiscoping, you know, companies or that are out there, I've seen bros carry their giant ass phone cases like <laughs> around town and it looks really weird, but whatever. Um, you could do this and you would not even like think that it was anything different than just a normal phone case. That's how slick and, and sleek it, the design is. And that's what it looked like. And, and, and I want people to understand, obviously, that I have one of these. Uh, I went to purchase one. And then luckily enough, I'm friends with uh, Isaac and, and Casey. They sent me one. But as, as everybody knows, the way I kind of dissect things is uh, I have my initial excitement, whether it be a bow, a set of boots. I get it. And then I run it to ground. Um and then I will report back. So, you know, uh, whether we all do another podcast on this, which I hope we do, or I do it on my own or a video, I I definitely have high hopes for this one because when I'm in Casey knows on this, you know, I guide in five different States four for sure. Every year I hunt and I don't know how many different States and I pack a lot of different optics and, and I'm a photographer. Um, but I, I, I use, uh, you know, a 115 swirl quite a bit, uh, as well as a 95 and a 65, but 
you know, on my end, it's about simplicity. And, and when you look at photography, you can't take a picture when you don't have your camera. And, you know, people, there's little sayings about that of, um, you know, you, you, you know, the, the, the best picture you have is the one you can actually take. And when you start getting into, um, you know, Copenhagen lid size, um, attachment points and, and, uh, you know, the, the irritation or what slows down the flow of your day-to-day hunt starts to get to where that specific piece of gear, whatever that is, stays in your pack or at the house more often than it comes with you. And so that's a big portion of why when I initially saw this video, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that. And then let's, let's, let's be realistic. How many, I bring my wife a lot. I don't know if you've ever done a, you know, home improvement project with your wives and maybe some of you are different, but none of them, it does not go well if you teach your wife to shoot home improvement project or whatever. <laughs> but with this, it's like, Hey honey, uh, snap this on the phone and hit record. It looks that simple yeah. to me. <laughs> Now, will it be when I get yeah, it? And that, Time will tell. But yeah, go ahead. What I was going to say is that's so, you know, I've got a different digi uh, adapter that I've been using for years. And I'm probably one of the few that hasn't had any problems at all in the sense that um, I kind of Jimmy rigged my setup so that I could get it on, get it off really quick and always have center and everything. Uh, but everybody I, everybody else I went with, they all had problems. And so by default, I became the record guy on a lot of stuff. And so what's frustrating was when they're killing animals, dude, I'm getting great videos. But then when I'm handing my setup to them and they don't know how to run my setup, <laughs> nobody gets my stuff on video. And so when Nate showed me this, I'm like, finally, dude, I can finally get video of me shooting something where I've got all this video of everybody else shooting shit. And that was my frustration. And, and so like legit that when, when I met Nate and Nate showed us the product, it was like, Oh my gosh, dude, my product or, or my frustrations are now gone because I could give this to my wife. I could give this to, you know, whoever it is I'm hunting with and say, dude, snap this on, hit record. Let's, let's go. It literally is that fast and it works. And and if you can't figure it out, there's probably something wrong with you. That's how easy it is. <laughs> yeah, the only the only problem with that, Aaron, is now Casey doesn't have a good excuse to not kill big animals, you know, because he's got other people that can record it now so he can't be distracted. I'm not saying anything because I'm a horrible trophy hunter. I may have put a lot of animals on the ground. <laughs> right, but... <laughs> you're, Nate, Nate, you're talking to the wrong guy. Aaron, Aaron wants to eat the antlers. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I am the wrong guy when it comes to that, but, but I, but I I get it. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's funny how this worked out. Like when I posted this, um, you know, uh, you, immediately, like I got uh, a ton of feedback, uh, just cause with my page, how it works, uh, you know, I do a lot of Q and A's and things like that. A lot of it's, um, driven towards whether it's pack fitting or, or, a, a, some type of phone scope or whatever it's it, that, that I generally try to be as honest from my point of view anyway, of what is the best or what sucks or whatever. Right. And so when I post something up, people are like, Oh, okay. Have you used it? And I'm like, no, but common sense dictates, like, I know who's, you know, now I know who's running this, this system and I know who, who designed it and who's affiliated with it. They're probably not going to come out with it with a dud. Right. And I, and I said, not only that, it's pretty hard to lie on a video, how they posted the video, right? Like, 
you, you, there was no, I mean, you, you just snapped the phone on, right? Like you, you can't really, there's no, you know, I'm Godzilla and a unicorn aren't popping in that video. You just snapped the phone on the eyepiece. Like there was, there was no trick photography. So, and I, sometimes people forget about those things. Like you said, Casey, you, you can run all the other ones, but can other people or with, with my wife, you know, it's not like we're having phone scope dissertations on Sunday night, right? Like I'm generally like, here, record this. And then you got three cameras on an iPhone 13, it defaults to another one, and then you actually have to move it backwards, which is the way you think you should move it to get it to center up, wind, and you know, whatever, right? And so with this, um, uh, it, it, it seems, again, that it's that simple where you just snap it on. Other things like when you we talked about photography compared to, um, you know, digiscoping. You know, I yes, I have... Um, a, a very expensive camera set up from, from, you know, I use a Canon and it's a, a very expensive camera and a very expensive uh, lens. I personally am not physically fit enough to pack a 600 millimeter lens in and 115 millimeter spotting scope. Now, some people may be, I cannot do that, especially in distance. And so when you, with the new cameras nowadays, especially with iPhone, People ask me all the time, hey, what camera should I get starting out? And I'm like, you should get an iPhone, like upgrade your phone. <laughs> and, you know, back in the day, that was different. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I think you should Google and read everything about F-stop and shutter speed and ISO, um, you know, uh, leading lines and everything about photography you can and just take pictures with your phone because it's always with you and study the art of photography. The good thing about this with your system is it allows people to have a phone with them all the time, but also potentially, you know, within reason, have a 600 millimeter or, or more camera lens and the ability to also film at long distance. Now, when I say film, um, yeah, you're, you're not filming like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, pick somebody like uh, you, you, you're not, uh, who was the big skiing guy uh, that had all these films with skiing um, that were on TV, whatever his name was. But you can get very good video and, and actually production level, meaning maybe not high quality production level video, but plenty enough for social media and even YouTube with a phone scope and an iPhone 13 or whatever phone. But, you know, an iPhone 13. So Casey and I go on a hunt and he takes off to go on a stock. I can film him through my 115 with this system. And that is actual footage that can be used later. It may not be the highest quality in the world because Casey's a mile away or whatever, however distance, but you're also not spending $12,000 on a 600 millimeter camera lens. And I don't know how much you two are into photography, but I can tell you the cleaning cloth is expensive. Like a, a standard camera is 3,500 to six grand. It's $12,000 for a 600 millimeter camera lens that I don't want to pack in. So this checks a ton of boxes and uh, I'm rambling on. So you guys take it from here as far as that goes. I think, I think what's important to note is, you know, some people will say like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe the price. or I can't believe, you know, why would you spend that? Or I'll, I'll, I'll take, $15 and I'll go make my own. And it's like, man, go for it, go do it. But one of the things that Nate literally did that you're talking about is he eliminated the need for bringing in big camera equipment. And, and, and it's like, well, didn't the other guys do that? And it's like, no, actually they didn't. And the reason they didn't is 
because when you use this product and this is, this is what I was so blown away by, dude, it, it is secure and it sits there. It ain't going nowhere. It's not spinning. It's not like gravity does not affect this thing. And so when you throw it on your, your scope, what's amazing is it gives you the initial perfect circle, just perfectly centered. You can zoom in to get more of an edge to edge, but even on the perfect circle, like I've looked at some of the other um, digiscoping companies that are out there, like with the videos that they're posting and some of the newer ones that have come out. And that halo is like super blurry and fuzzy. And when you throw this on, dude, it is such a crisp halo. Like it just, it blows your mind at how fast you're looking at what you want to film. You hit record, you can zoom in, you can do all the things that you need to do. And, and it, it literally eliminates that need to bring a $12,000 piece of equipment in the backfield for, you know, 170 bucks to, to, to throw, you know, the system on your, your spotting scope. So I, I, for me personally, like that's huge. I look at some of the experiences I've had in the field where you fall, you deal with weather, you deal with all kinds of crap. You deal with your buddies that you're hunting with that are clumsy, that are breaking stuff. And it's like, I mean, that, there, there's a lot of liability with bringing your camera equipment. You, you have to baby it. You have to like, really be conscious about it and to you to not have to bring those other items that's dude that's just a huge bonus and and this product literally eliminates that if you are that guy that wants to bring big camera equipment into the field and i and i will um you know kind of you know chime in with i think uh and, and and keep in mind everybody i'm i'm very candid about this i paid free 50 for this casey sent it to me to try out um on that note i have pissed away a hundred times more money in hopes that gear would be, it would would improve me that that literally i wasted that money and so 174 dollars to me isn't that big of a deal e- even when i when i was on the construction poverty level you know check to check basis because if someone wants to get into wildlife photography and i get this question a lot hey man i want to get into wildlife photography what what should i get i'm on a budget and i'm like uh, you're not going to get into wildlife photography unless you're a ninja. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah. you know how much money I've spent on camera gear? Like it, it, it's an expensive hobby or an expensive profession. And so if you already, if you're a hunter and, and you already have a spotting scope and, and again, I use, um, you know, multiple different types of spotting scopes, but if I have ponied up and I've dropped, you know, 1800 to six grand on a, on a spotting scope, that's one investment. And then I have another investment of a camera body and another one of a lens. And if I'm wanting to shoot wildlife photography and I can only afford one lens, that wildlife photography lens is literally as one dimensional as you can get. You're not going to be shooting weddings or portrait photography or family photos. (laughs) I promise you it is only good for taking pictures of animals. And so it allows someone to be able to buy a, wide angle like a 16 to 35 millimeter camera lens you know the camera you know whatever that kind of stuff and then they have their spotting scope and for 174 dollars now they have a very good you know super telephoto type lens without you know pitching in i I mean even a 150 to 600 um you know a moderate uh, mid mid level i guess you could say super telephoto is two grand um, in today's, you know, from, uh, you know, some of the different options out there in the photography world. So when people bring up the price, I'm like, really, let, let's dissect this. Like, let's, let's talk about it. Your only other option 
is $2,000 if you're a photographer. That's the 150 to 600. That is the cheapest you can go. And that is a one dimensional piece of equipment. <coughs> it is good for nothing else. Well, what is your phone good for? Well, it's good for all kinds of things, right? I got 75 apps. I play words with friends. I, you know, I play angry birds and now it's also what I film with. Right. And so it's really not that much money. And if you break it down mathematically, if you use this thing for everything you do outdoors, you're looking at probably, you know, let's say you're in the field a hundred days a year and it's $174. You break that down mathematically. I guarantee people spend more money at Starbucks by far than they would at the, with this camera or, or excuse me, with this digiscoping system. I, and I try yeah, right to make now people it's think one, about it. Right now it's just one tank of gas for your truck, right? Just don't drive for a day and then you're good to go. <laughs> right, man. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I bought a very small penis, giant Shelby uh, F-250 Baja. I have to go to two gas uh, <laughs> pumps at most, uh, most at gas stations because it's a hundred dollar limit. So you, you bring up a very valid point. And the other thing too, is with this, um, you, with this system, you are being able to do wildlife photography year round, whether that be your, you know, f f you know, videoing or photographing antelope walking across your front yard or your birding, or you're just screwing around or whatever. And then in hunting season, you're filming hunts. It is amazing when you look at, let's say, filming with a standard, some of the higher end uh, video cameras nowadays, which you're pushing seven, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. How many people are listening to this right now and had a buddy on a stock that tried to film that stock, you know, by hand holding it and rednecking it like I do, that lost all of those memories and all of that footage, you know, especially if you're trying to post it up or use it because they didn't have a system like this or didn't have a $12,000 camera lens. This system, from what I am seeing, fixes that. Yeah, and the other thing that I'll point out, Aaron, that I'm sure some people are gonna be wondering, especially if they've purchased other digiscoping adapter systems in the past, is the nice thing about ours too, is most of the listeners here are probably going, once they buy their spotting scope, not often are many people like upgrading that spotting scope year after year. Like typically they buy one and they run that for years. Now the phone on the other hand, you know, a lot of times people upgrade those, you know, every two years or so with our system, when you upgrade your phone, you don't have to buy the whole kit again. You get a new phone case and it's going to fit and give you that center alignment on the adapter that you already purchased and, and run just the same as it was on your other phone. And so that's another thing. If you're looking at the long time lifetime value of it and you look at that price point over time, it's, it's, it's still going to be a little price a little bit more because it is a premium product, but not much when you're upgrading your phones every couple of years. Yeah. And I, you know, on the, the on the price of things, like one thing I've learned over time is uh, you, you definitely get what you pay for. And, and case brought this up earlier can I make some kind of a phone scope system? Yeah, without a doubt. I design all kinds of gear for people all over the world and all kinds of companies. Is a piece of PVC, uh, PVC pipe, some Velcro, a couple of, you know, 3M sticky tapes, really what I'm wanting to do? Mm, I have learned it is not. Um, and when I say that, meaning when, when I need to use something like this, I need to use it. And, and, and I, when I say I need it, it could be as simple as I could be filming a route. Maybe I'm not filming case dropping down on a mule deer. Maybe I'm filming a route 
that he may be taking uh, if I'm guiding him or I'm guiding someone else or I'm filming it for a buddy as he's, uh, you know, getting his gear together, going on this stock that I can you know, with iPhones, airdrop it to them and say, hey, man, I just zoomed in and filled, I, I think, your potential route to to drop on this mule deer. Um, those are all things that, that, you know, it saves you money. It saves you, um, you know, mental stress. And it also saves you beating up your body over time. The other thing about beating up your body is scooting closer or backing, you know, whatever, all those different things. And if you're a videographer and you're listening in, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I've only got this power of lens. Well, you're scooting closer, buddy. There's no way around it, right? Where with this, you've got some legs on, especially if you have some of the higher end, you know, powerful optics that you have today. So, you know, with this, I know it's on pre-order now. When are you guys going to start shipping? And the price from what I've what I've seen is 175 bucks. When are you going to start shipping? Um, you know, to the consumer. Yeah, our goal is to start shipping. Well, it's, we are going to start shipping like right at the very beginning of August so that everybody that's listening can have one ready to go when the scouts and some of the easy earlier hunts are starting. So, yeah, just in a couple of weeks, we're shipping everything out. Cool. And then on, on my end, for people that are listening in, um, you know, I, I, I personally, the moment I get this, I'm going to do a full, uh, you know, Snyder type rundown top to bottom. And one of the good things about having a, a wonderful wife that, that goes hunting with you that has like no, I don't know what you'd say, bias and no, you know, she's looking through the lenses of, you know, can I use this without having to reinvent the wheel? I'll get her input on this. And I, you know, I'm definitely going to post up, you know, all my thoughts on it, how well it works and everything else. I'm very excited about this. So, you know, I appreciate you guys hopping on. I don't want to hop on just yet. I haven't talked to case in like a gangster minute. Um, you know, I don't want to take away from, from, from this, <laughs> from, from, you know, from this specific product, but you know, we got 30 minutes talking about that. Uh, Case, I, I know that you, you have recently, you know, had the, the I, I guess, the transition uh, mountain ops sold. Um, are you just chilling like a villain now? Like, what are you doing? What's been going on? So, yeah, so we, uh, we had a little bit of an acquisition back in August of 2020. So um, we, we didn't sell the entire company, but we sold a portion of it. Um, we brought on some partners that, uh, some strategic partners that are out of California. Um, they invest in, in, uh, industry leading companies. And so, you know, we felt flattered that they felt that we were an industry leading company. Uh, they, they own companies like Uber and Spotify and Kendra Scott, Viore, like these big, big brands. Um, but they had the, strategic ability for us to be able to grow in the way that we wanted to, uh, not only in the hunting industry, but outside as well. And so that acquisition happened in 2020 at that time, Jordan left, um, to go start and pursuing other things. I stayed on for 18 months and just kind of stayed in the shadows, like, from everybody that remembers mountain ops back in the day, used to see Jordan and I's ugly mug all over the marketing. And then for the past couple of years, like, I mean, like what the hell happened to those guys? Did they, did they die? Are they not existing? And you know, that was strategic. We didn't want that as we were leaving that, that it was like going to hurt the company. Cause we still own the company. 
So strategically, we kind of stepped back, got out of the limelight, made it more about the brand than about us, and and strategically have been doing this. It's you know it's kind of interesting to get people's responses as, as that has happened because they're like, man, I miss seeing you, I miss this, you know, because that was my connection with them. And uh, you know when I posted up the stuff for All In the other night, that was the first time I had I had posted on social media since an elk hunt I did in November of 2020. And man, the message is like, holy shit, you're alive. Like what has been happening? What's going on? Cause we didn't even make a public announcement that, you know, we had sold mountain off. So I, I stayed on till April of this year. Um, basically building, continue to build the team to the point where I felt like it was at a place where I could step out and it could run and continue to grow. And I could now focus on other things. And so dude, it's been awesome. Um, have I been chilling like a villain, like a little bit, but I, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I got to stay busy. I got a lot of shit I want to accomplish in life. And so I'm, I'm too much of a go getter to just sit there and sit my ties on a beach or, or golf every day or whatever people's, uh, visions of retirement are. So no, I, I, I haven't done anything. I still sit on the board for mountain ops and do board meetings and help any of the guys if they need any help. But I'm honestly more interested in a lot of this small startup stuff. Jordan and I have a lot of fun ventures that we're a part of and a lot of things that we're spinning up all in is one of them. And, and when we met Nate, like the story is pretty crazy actually of how we met Nate when we met Nate and saw his product and, and just saw the drive and vision that he had to bring this thing to market and all the bad ideas that he had on how he was going to bring this thing to market. We're like, dude, <laughs> let us help you. Um, because we, we, uh, we want to see you succeed. Like that's, I think the, the mentality that I've always had from the beginning. And that's what I've loved about you, Aaron. Like when we used to do a ton of stuff together, you know, it was just like, we always wanted everybody to succeed and you've done an excellent job of that with giving every little guy the opportunity to be on your podcast, to try out your product, to give an honest review and an honest bit about it. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's how Jordan and I saw Nate and it was like, dude, this is just, you know, little greenhorn freaking like has no idea what he, the world he's about to step into. He's going to get eaten alive. Like, you, when you walk into this space, especially because the product that he's bringing is, is, a it's a pretty saturated market per se. There, there's some juggernauts, but there's also quite a few other, you know, people that are in the space. And it's like, you're going to, if you're going to come to market, like you need to come swinging and you need to come with a big hammer and a big ax and let us, let us help you. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't know if you, if Isaac told you, if you'd heard, did you hear about the heart attack I had a couple months ago? No, no, but tell me all about it. Cause I'm about to have one myself so you can fill me in. <laughs> so it was around Easter. It was just shortly after I left mountain ops. Um, you know, I had a heart attack and almost died. Like it was, it was absolutely crazy. And you know me, dude, super active, own a health and nutrition company. Um, my favorite thing to do is go hiking with a 40 pound pack to, to exercise and, and do uh, curls in the squat rack. But, uh, but I, uh, I, in November of last year got COVID lost my taste and smell and all that fun stuff. 
like literally I got it right before third season. I drew an awesome third season tag in Colorado. Couldn't go because I couldn't breathe, man. It just like completely shut down my lungs for like 48 hours. And then I was fine after that. Um, but totally screwed up my hunt. So I didn't get to go on my third season hunt. And after that, I just noticed like, as I would do little things, like my heart was like totally messed up. I would take the garbage can out to the street and I'd be completely winded. I would, I would go to the gym and work out. And I could, I couldn't do any form of like cardio whatsoever. I'd try and hike. I couldn't do any cardio. And so I, I tried to get in to see a cardiologist, which was incredibly hard to do. Finally in February, I was able to get in and see a cardiologist and dude, they ran me through all kinds of tests, all kinds of blood work, all kinds of different things. And, and, uh, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Like nothing, nothing was really like, everything looked good. And, uh, and I was snowboarding Easter weekend and Utah had just gotten two feet of snow. So me and my buddy went up and went snowboarding. I totally ate shit in the powder and had to hike out of the powder to, to where I could, um, board back down the, the slope. And dude, I freaking had a heart attack on the mountain right there. Like didn't know I was having a heart attack, but had a heart attack. And, uh, kind of like fought through it, kept going, got to where my buddy was. And he's like, man, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, I think so. Like, let's get to the bottom of the mountain. He's like, are you sure, dude, I can call a, a sled. Like, let's, let's get you down. I'm like, no, dude, I'll, I'll make it down. So we made it down to the bottom of the mountain. By the time we got down, like I was feeling good again. So I was like, dude, let's go back up. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what just happened, but let's go back up. So we got on the lift, went back up, started snowboarding again. And dude, immediately same thing happened. It took me like two hours to get to the, to the bottom of the hill. So we got to the bottom of the hill and, and, uh, I was like, dude, I got to go home. So we, we drove the 30 minutes to my house, got home. By the time I got home, I was feeling much better. And my wife was like, dude, what is going on? Like, are you okay? And I was just like rubbing my shoulder. Like my shoulder felt like I had pinched a nerve or something. So I was just rubbing my shoulder and trying to get this like pinched nerve to, to loosen up. And, and she's like, dude, that's your left arm. Like something's going on. Like you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm fine. Like I just need to take a nap. I'll take some ibuprofen and a nap. I'll be fine. I took some ibuprofen and a nap, woke up and felt better. Um, a couple days later I went to the gym and Everything was fine in the gym, got home, took a shower, got out of the shower, put my shirt on and dude, just the movement of putting my shirt on completely like wiped me out. And I fell to the floor, like I had no energy whatsoever. So I'm laying in my closet, like on the floor and my wife came in. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm she's like, we're taking the hospital. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, it's just, I'm not sure what's going on. And she's like, no, we're, we're going right now. And dude, I hate doctors. I hate hospitals. Like I'm, I'm not going there unless you absolutely drag me there. So a couple days later, uh, Jordan called and was like, Hey dude, I need to come drop this off. Do you got any room in your garage for it? I said, yeah. And so you had this thing you needed to drop off. And so as he was coming over to my house, I went out of my garage and I picked up a three pound box to move out of the way so he could drop this thing off. And when I picked that box up, dude, it was like putting my shirt on. The same thing just completely wiped me out. And I, was, I just went and sat on the garage stairs. My wife came out. She's like, why are you sitting on the stairs? I'm like, oh, I just picked up this box and it kind of wiped me out. And she's like, that's it. You're going to the hospital. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to the fetching hospital. Like, 
I'm fine. I'll get over it. Like, it, I don't know what it is, but I'm fine. And Jordan came over and he looked at me. He's like, dude, you look just like dad. And, my, and Jordan was with my dad when he had a heart attack when they were on a backpack fishing trip. And they had to call in life flight and fly my dad out of the, the back country. He's like, dude, you look just like dad. You need to go to the hospital right now. Man, I was so annoyed with my wife and my brother. And I was just like, like I'm fine. And they would not like let up. So I'm like, you know what? If it'll make you guys happy, I'll go to the hospital right now and you'll see everything's fine. So me and my wife loaded up, drove to the emergency room. Jordan stayed with my kids. And uh, we got to the emergency room and my wife, told the chick behind the counter. She's like, my husband, I think my husband's having a heart attack. And I'm like, I'm not having a freaking heart attack. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's like, no, I think he's having a heart attack and, and or, or heart attack symptoms. And so they're like, okay, well let's hook you up to an EKG. So they, they took me into this room, hooked me up to an EKG, got the EKG and they're like, okay, well just go sit in the waiting room and we'll see when a doctor can, can see you. And, uh, so I went and sat in the waiting room and I was sitting in the waiting room for like 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden, dude, like the most intense pain started in my chest. And it was just like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And then it was like an elephant was sitting on my arm, like on my shoulder. And then, it, and then I had the most crazy sensation of like on the backside of my arm, down through my elbow, backside of my, my forearm down to my pinky, like just, just like crazy, like, almost like electric feeling going down the left side of my arm. And I guess I started breathing really weird. And my wife was like, you're breathing weird. What's going on? Like, I don't know. She's like, are you in a lot of pain? And I'm like, oh, no, I think I'm fine. She's like, well, what's your pain at? I'm like, oh, probably like a nine. <laughs> and I was in a lot of pain. And so she, she reached her hand out to hold my hand. So I, I reached my hand out to hold her hand. And she was like, holy shit. And dude, my, my hand was as white as a ghost and she ripped off my mask. Cause we were sitting in the, you had to wear a mask in the waiting room. She ripped off my mask and my entire body was white. And I'll send you the picture so you can see it. It was absolutely crazy. We took it, we hurry and snapped the pic and then she ran up there, but my entire body looked like a dead person. And so she ran up to the front said, my husband's having a heart attack. We got to get him back. And dude, that was the first time in my life at that moment that like I felt out of control. I had like no control over my body whatsoever with when I was snowboarding, like I still felt like I had control, but like, dude, it was just like, Holy shit. I cannot control whatever is happening to me right now. So they rushed me in the back. They started pumping me with all these different medications and nitroglycerin started taking blood work. They came back after a few minutes and uh, they're like, hey, did you know that you're anemic? And I was like, no, I have no idea that I'm anemic. And they're like, you, we're getting you two blood transfusions right now. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, So they um, did the blood transfusions, and then they came back, and they're like, hey, you have this and this and this. That the, the blood markers are showing that I potentially had seven different things wrong with me. And so this was at, like, we went into the hospital at, like, 930 at night. So this was probably around, like, 10-ish, 1030. And, uh, they called all the doctors and all the specialists out of, um, from that were on call because they thought that I had like, I had all these crazy markers that were showing that I potentially had like leukemia or I had 
vasculitis or I had like all these crazy diseases that were going on inside my body, but it showed that I had like all of them. And then it also showed that my body was in like an anaphylactic shock. And, you know, so like on Hitch, the movie with Will Smith, when he gets stung by the bee and his face swells up, like they're like, your blood says that you're having anaphylactic shock, but your body doesn't show any signs of like allergy an allergic reaction, like at all. Like we have no idea what's going on. So all these specialists start piling in they start doing more blood tests. So that night I got six CT scans, an MRI, an X-ray, two blood transfusions and about 40 blood draws. And they finally were able to stabilize me at four thirty in the morning to where I could get admitted to the hospital. So for the next five days, I sat in the hospital getting more blood draws, more blood transfusions, iron transfusions, all kinds of stuff. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Finally, five days later, they felt comfortable enough to be able to send me home. But um, for the last, you know, or for the next like 30 days, I was seeing different doctors every single day trying to figure out what was going on. And, and what it was, was I, uh, have you heard of myocarditis? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the issue with, um, uh, some of the people, the issue people are having with the, um, the vaccine. Yeah. So I didn't get the vaccine, but, uh, when I got COVID, I got myocarditis in my heart. So that's the inflammation of the heart. And then about through all these tests and everything, I found out I have this crazy rare disease called the acronym for it is EGPA. Cause I can't even pronounce it. Only 300 people have this disease, and I'm one of the lucky 300. I live in Utah, and they only know of one other person in Utah that has it. But it's this inflammatory disease in your um, organs that causes slow bleeds. And so, dude, I got a colonoscopy. I got endoscopy. Like all these things that were going on, them trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with me, and they couldn't find anything. And then they finally diagnosed me with this disease, so this disease was causing me to be anemic because I was just getting these slow bleeds through my stomach esophagus and, um, and in my heart. And so when my heart got myocarditis and it was all inflamed and then I was low on blood and didn't have any blood when I would do any physical activity, my heart couldn't process the lack of blood that I didn't have. And so it caused me to have a freaking heart attack, even though I look like, you know, a pristine 37, 36 year old male. And dude, that was crazy. That changed like my whole perspective on life, like whole perspective. And, uh, kind of wish like, you know, everybody could have an experience like that so that they could have the type of perspective that I have on life now. Cause dude, I finally got to the point where I, you know, grinded, grinded, grinded for 10 years, sold my company, never have to work another day in my life. Um, finally left the company to be able to go and pursue and do more things. And then boom, like days later have this heart attack. And it like just set in the perspective, like what's, what's important. And I'll tell you what's important, dude, it's family and relationships and everything else is bullshit. Like everything else is bullshit. And, uh, and they put me on a 90 day, bed rest. So I can't do any physical activity till August. I went and got a CT scan yesterday and then I have an appointment with the cardiologist on Friday to see if I can be cleared so that I can start hunting and, and, uh, do all the stuff that back to what I want to do, but I can't do any physical activity till then. 
So I've had to like slow down from going literally a million miles an hour to zero miles an hour for the last three months. And it's been like this huge, huge gut check of like, what is, what's important in life. And so you say like, dude, I'm, I'm about to have one. Like you probably are. Cause I know how stressed you get and how busy you get and how much you have on your plate. The truth is, is like family relationships, those are the only things that matter, dude. Freaking work doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. Like all the, the bullshit of life doesn't matter. Like families and relationships are, are what, are what matters. Cause I've had like few people in my life that have gone unexpectedly and I'm, and I know you have too. And it's one of those things where like, as you're sitting there and I'm feeling out of control, it was just like, it wasn't my life that was flashing by me or any regrets or anything like that. It was like all the people in my life that it was just like visions and like, like these images and these experiences that I've had in life with people, whether it was family or friends or, or, or associates that I just realized like, that's what was most freaking important, dude. So what's cool is like, as this is all rolled out with all in and, and, uh, and you know, with me stepping back from, from mountain ops and trying to not be so involved in mountain ops in the face of mountain ops and everything that was going there, like a lot of those relationships changed. And so the thing that I'm, I'm really excited about with all in is it gives me an opportunity to ignite a lot of those old relationships and foster a lot of those old relationships that I genuinely miss. So I'm telling you right now, bro, if you feel like you're going to have a heart attack, go get freaking checked. <laughs> and if they can't figure out what's wrong with you, like keep, keep checking. <laughs> no, that's crazy, man. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. The high stress level and well, Nate, you're about to experience it yourself. Um, you know, some self-inflicted. Yeah, I was just, I was not. just thinking like the story would have been better if he would have just gone into like him using other digiscoping adapters. It was so stressful that he had a big heart attack. Like that's <laughs> the way we wanted to pitch it. But I guess the real story is the one to share, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the truth is the easiest thing to, <laughs> to remember, but, um, well, man, I, I, I'm glad you're good. Casey, I'll probably give you a call back later on just to BS with you a little bit. Um, but we're, we're hitting close to an hour and, uh, uh, Casey with that story, I don't think I can top that one. So I, I would say you won the day cause that is insane. And I'm glad you're all right. No, thanks. I appreciate it, man. And I'm glad that I can finally get something that you can't top. Yeah. Yeah. You won on that one. Um, well, uh, Nate, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward, uh, to testing this out. I, I'm very excited. We'll maybe we'll hop back on a podcast or I'll get a video. I may call you with some questions when I start using this thing, but you know, like I said, for everybody listening in, this is something I have not used, but something I am very excited about using. I haven't seen anything, uh, you know, that, that looks like it will top this. So, um, you know, everybody check it out. It's O L L I N. Correct. Yep. O L L I N dot C O co. Gotcha. So I'll post up some more stuff on my Instagram page as well as the Kafaru page. I'll give my feedback as soon as I can. And I can't thank both of you enough, Nate, um, you know, obviously for in, in designing this and inventing it, uh, Casey for all the, the, uh, you know, friendship we've had and all the different, uh, you know, things we've gone through. I can't thank you both enough. So I appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you guys both soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Aaron. Hey, thanks, Aaron, dude. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good.